The road we're on is paved in Garth. Come along on the journey. As we explore Garthology. Think of it more as a conversation. I like that. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Hey everyone, it's Deb. And I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 2 of Garthology. For today's episode, we are going to get back into our review of Garth Brooks in the life of Chris Gaines, also known as Chris Gaines' Greatest Hits. As we discussed in our last episode, the character of Chris Gaines was created by Garth Brooks, and this supposed Greatest Hits album was released as a segue into filming a movie about the life of a fictitious rock star named Chris Gaines. Unfortunately, the movie never happened, and Garth was kind of left holding the bag of this menagerie of songs on a Greatest Hits album for a character that didn't exist and that most people just did not understand. And so this got me to thinking, if this album had never been associated with Garth Brooks, who was a mega country star, how would it have done on the charts and in sales? If it had just been released by some random guy named Chris Gaines, would the buying public and the critics have given it a chance? Like, what if they had kept Garth's name completely off the project? If Chris Gaines was just some mystery man who came out of nowhere, because if you think about it, this came out in, what, 99? So the internet wasn't a huge thing like it is now. You know, there wasn't social media. There wasn't TikTok. There wasn't Facebook. Like, people wouldn't were not all connected the way we are today. So... Would they have been able to keep that a secret? Like if Garth had recorded this album, do you guys think they would have been able to keep it a secret? Mm-hmm. I don't know. There was so much about Garth in the media, I think, maybe from the general public, but I, I feel like it would have gotten out like somebody would have dug. That being said, though, you bring up a good point because I feel like if it was released now, I don't think there would have been the lack of information about the movie because Correct. I think among Garth's fans, right, we all would have known, even if nobody else did. And we would have been the ones initially buying the album and pushing it and asking for it on radio. So I think maybe not necessarily now, but if we had the internet then the way we do now, I think it would have done maybe better because there would have been more word of mouth. People would have understood it better. Right. But I don't know. Uh, to your question, I don't know. What do you think, Pete? Do you think they would have kept it quiet? I don't think that they would have been able to. I mean, even saying to the general public, I mean, there is so much information that gets out. It's like it's like a, a spark of a match on a dry set of leaves, right? I mean, it one little one catches with it now in social media and the internet, and it spreads like a wildfire. So and to go back to, you know, today, today, I know we keep talking about today, and I don't know, you know, last episode, I kept saying yet, yet. Obviously, we know that this has been Garth's baby, right? I mean, he spent a lot of time. We talked about it with the album covers and the this and the that. Mm-hmm. You know, he, obviously, he's back to doing what Garth does, um, or he has since, you know, he, the girls have grown up and went away. 
And now he's kind of scaling it back and doing the residency in Las Vegas. And maybe he's not the right character to play Chris Gaines in The Lamb. But now maybe there's somebody else out there. Maybe this is a baby he's just not going to let go away. I mean, maybe something comes of it. And then what? Then they release the they re-release the album and change blows all of our minds. Who knows? That's a really interesting point. I mean, technically, somebody else could play Chris Gaines now. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and there was the young guy that kind of looked like him that they got for the young Chris Gaines for the album stuff. Right. So, I mean, there was a younger him potentially in the movie anyway. So, I mean, they could just cast also the adult Chris Gaines now and just release it as a movie. You know, if, if that script is out there somewhere and it stands alone, right. You know, or if they could get someone with the star power to carry it. Oh, dude. I mean, you, you, you add Garth Brooks name to a project and somebody's going to back it for sure. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's so much talk about Chris Gaines in the inside studio G's and these interviews and stuff like that. Some of Trisha's favorite music is the, the Chris Gaines stuff. I don't see them letting this end this way. Even 25 years later or 24 years later or whatever it's been, I don't see it. I don't see him letting it go. I, something's going to happen with Chris Gaines. And I think something's going to happen with that movie. We can hope. Well, and he has said that those anthologies, you know, his own anthologies, that there's going to be a Chris Gaines anthology. Yep. So that could be the next piece of this puzzle. Right. And I mean, that's just the way Hollywood works, too. Like, I mean, you pique the right person's interest. So if they release that and it reaches the right person at the right time, yep. you don't know. Yep. It's true. I'm there for it if it happens. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to keep thinking about all of that. And I'm hoping that our listeners reach out to us on any of our social media accounts with their thoughts on the subject, too. Because I would love to know if you guys think this album would have done well if Chris Gaines was an actual unknown. So feel free to send us your thoughts. Now, let's get on with the show. I will start with song number four on the Chris Gaines album. The fourth song on Garth's Life of Chris Gaines album is Drifting Away. One too many times And I'm so afraid To give my heart again Just to have a change of mind And I'm not quite sure That you can trust me And I would hate to have You find me again mm, Baby, like the wind Drifting away Drifting Away was written by Tommy Sims and was not released as a single, so there's no chart peaks for this one. Referring back to our last episode, I talked then about being able to picture Garth on some of the Chris Gaines songs, and Drifting Away is definitely one of those that I see Garth when I hear this song. Now, granted, it's obviously not the country Garth we all know and love, of course, but this song actually reminds me of a 1970s, like, easy-listening Garth when I hear it. It's a sad story where the narrator is terrified that he's been forgiven one too many times, and he's not sure that he won't hurt her again by again drifting away. He's sorry, but not sorry enough to really give his heart again and stay for good. So I checked out the CD liner, it includes the backstory for how this song was a part of Chris Gaines's life. 
According to Chris, it's about a past relationship after many unsuccessful ones. He was finally in a good one. He'd never felt as loved and had never been treated better. So, of course, he left. And I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) So it's kind of a slimy guy, in my opinion. I mean, that is kind of the feeling I get, which is funny because then the story within the lyrics actually does help me kind of picture Chris Gaines. And I mean, I'm not saying that Chris Gaines is slimy, but what I'm saying is that I could absolutely see the character of Chris Gaines having a song with those lyrics. If does that make any sense? It, <laughs> like it does. <laughs> like Chris Gaines would totally be saying those things. Even though Garth Brooks wouldn't say those things mm-hmm. in my opinion, Chris Gaines actually would. <laughs> so, <laughs> that kind of helps me. So, Pete, what do you think of Drifting Away? I will now think that you said that thank you for saying that because I was I was confused by this one, uh by the lyrics and the songs and trying to put it together. But now like hearing that you were a little confused by it and then putting it together like that, you're right. There, There is a story within those lyrics that now makes a little bit more sense. But the soft intro to this song, right away I can hear Garth's voice in it. And I hear so much boys to men in this song. Like I was like, <laughs> I heard so I much boys to men. I have that in my notes. Well, I didn't have boys to men, but I have it. The background vocals remind me of 90s R&B. Yeah, I, that's it. I heard <laughs> totally. so much boys to men in it. And they're one of my favorite R&B groups of all time. You can hear R&B, but then I hear a lot of soul in Drifting Away. So it's kind of a little bit of R&B and a little bit of soul. Like it bounces back and forth. And I thought that that was really, really well done. I know that we talk a lot about how uh, we love Garth's range in his voice and, and the talent that he has. We talk a lot about the gravel, but this smooth soul and R&B sound is done to perfection. Like I, I did enjoy the sound and the instruments and Garth's voice in the song. The story I was really confused on and I listened to it over and over again. I mean, I even searched like what was the meaning behind this song to try to help me understand it a little bit better. And although I couldn't find a, you know, story that I could believe in, I guess it was still a song that, that I did enjoy. And then here in Aunt Deb's description of it uh, actually did help me a little bit, but yeah, that's what I had. A lot of boys to men, a lot of R and B, which I thoroughly enjoyed back at that time. And, and still to this day. And, uh, and then of course that soul and Garth's range from, from, you know, listening to the gravel in some songs to this, this smooth soul voice is just awesome. I just one of the best at doing it. Jess, what do you think? So I love this song and uh, <laughs> I know I, I would try to say it without laughing, but it just didn't happen. I love the acoustic guitar opener. Like Pete said, it's just a very soft kind of opening and you can definitely hear Garth in it. It's got some alternating notes. It sets the mood for the song perfectly. I get where you're coming from being like he's kind of a slimy guy because here's perfect relationship as far as the lyrics go in the song, but he um, kind of sabotages it all. But I feel like more than maybe being a bad guy, it is just self-sabotage. Like, because he said, it's like the best relationship he's ever had. It's the most loved he's ever been. And yet he couldn't stay and he doesn't trust himself to do it well. And there's even a line, because now, of course, we talked about last time. So I went back and looked in the liner notes too. And at the very end of that blurb about that song, 
that says, why to some does loneliness feel so good? Mm, right. And it, it really is like, it's just, I think, hard for some people to be happy and be in a good space and, and trust it yeah. for whatever reason. And I don't know if the movie ever went into that for Chris Gaines or, you know, if he was a young guy when this relationship happened or if he was older, like, you know, I don't know, does he... I haven't looked ahead at the other songs and I don't remember if they go in any kind of order or not, but you know, I don't know. Did he end up happy? Was this early on? Was it later? I don't know. Ooh, self-sabotage. That's such a great concept. That throws another (laughs) twist on it. It does. I didn't even think. I'm telling you, this sounds like a great movie. (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) Great movie. But yeah, go back and listen to it again with that in mind and, and see what you think. I love the lyric that says with all of my mind, I know you can save me from myself and anything else. So clearly, you know, he wants to reach out. But then the chorus says basically what the liner note said. It says, but I'm so afraid that you've forgiven me one too many times and so afraid to give my heart again just to have a change of mind. So I think it is about wanting so badly to be with someone that you know is good for you, but not trusting yourself not to hurt them and loving them too much to risk hurting them that way. So in that way, I feel like it, it makes him not a bad guy, you know, cause he, he didn't want to risk doing the same thing again that he'd already done to this person. <laughs> My next note was the, the R and B thing the background <laughs> sounded so much like nineties R and B cause it really does. And I, I heard it more in the latter half of the song, but definitely all the way through. And then there's a big note at the end that Garth kind of holds out for a long time. It's a long sustained note. And I really like that one. Musically, that's probably my favorite moment in the song. But this is one of my favorite songs on the album, actually. I listen to this a lot. I can put it on repeat and just listen to it over and over again. Especially, I listen to this album a lot in the car. I love to listen to this when I'm driving for a long way. So anytime I'm on a road trip, this is almost always going to be on my playlist. That's what I got for that. Nice. Yeah, I love that note too, by the way. That note at the end. That's a great note. Oh, he's so good. All right, Pete, what do you have for song number five? Yep, song number five off the album is Way of the Girl. Way of the Girl was written by Gordon Kennedy, and I did not see that it was released as a single, and it didn't peak anywhere on the Billboard charts. On November 13th, 1999, Brooks hosted Saturday Night Live as himself, but he also performed the song Way of the Girl as Chris Gaines, and never mentioned to the audience that he was the same person singing the song, which I thought was, I mean, they have makeup and stuff. I, I, like, I don't know. Like, I thought to myself, how would I be able to be in an audience and see Garth and know Garth, and then have this guy come out and not know a, even a little bit like the body shape still has to be the body shape. Right. Uh, so I thought that that was weird. And, uh, and so the Saturday night live uh, skit, I found that and I watched it and I was like, eh, from the screen, from the computer screen, could see that much of a difference where I could see it would be hard to understand. Yeah. As soon as the song starts, I, I get like this real good, fresh Prince of Bel Air, <laughs> like the intro. <laughs> 
That's hilarious. Just that the way that the instruments come in. But then it goes full rock in my opinion. So I don't know where it comes from. But like I, I heard it and I was like, oh, man, it reminded me of DJ Jazzy Jeff. I was like, sheesh. So I thought that was pretty cool. But um, I, I think that he really does a great job with his voice in this one as well. And I know that I keep going back to that. But, you know, I think after the first episode I mentioned to you guys, I had to go into that cover song mentality to listen to it, mm-hmm. to enjoy it. And okay. I did it with these three songs as well while researching them. And I, I feel the same way. But I can imagine Garth on stage, like with this like rock style song and this long ass hair and just going at it with a guitar bar. And I was like, wow, man, it, like I could see him pulling it off as himself. And then obviously also as Chris Gaines being able to go back and, and see that footage of Saturday Night Live. To me, the song was very short. Um, it doesn't have a lot of different lyrics in it, but there was a lot said in the lyrics and the story I felt to get the point across. I think it was three minutes, 43 seconds. And I know that a lot of them was the, I believe they call it the chorus where it kind of repeats the same thing. But in those little spots of, of the lyrics, there's a cool story to be told. Uh, it's obviously about a man who's like infatuated by a woman as far as the lyrics go. But the more I listen to it, I'd have to say out of the six songs now that we'll, after today that we'll research, I think... Uh, I had a hard time. I had a hard time with this one. It's a simple strong. It has great instruments. It's a cool little story, but like it was just plain to me. Like it was just there. And I know that some other people may enjoy it a little bit more, but to me, it would almost seem like a, like an album filler, not real long, not a lot of lyrics, not a whole heck of a lot to a story behind it. And I just like, I was like, meh with it. But the, <laughs> every time the beginning of it starts, that Fresh Prince thing just pops into my head and I see the beginning of that uh, old TV show. So that's what, <laughs> that's what I have for this one. How about you, Jess? Um, I love this song. As no I way. <laughs> I know, right? Shocking. <laughs> um, it, this is not my favorite one on the album. I'll give you that. I, there's not one that I don't like, but it does kind of blend in and I feel like it maybe pales in comparison to some of the others. The liner notes say this one is not about it's a Chris Gaines, you know, life story, but it's not about a specific woman. It was kind of an amalgamation of all the women in his life and just kind of the way women are his perspective on that. Musically, I feel like it's really different and fun. The music to me sounds very um, like dangerous and mysterious in the beginning. Mm. And then the, the first lyric is what's this creature about or one of the first lyrics is what's this creature about and that kind of sets it up because the music sounds like it's building to something like it's asking a question it's mysterious and then the the lyrics kind of back that up and then my favorite lyric in this song is you pursue her embraces always one step behind you change the world for her graces but she keeps changing her mind i have heard garth reference that i feel like it might be in the tv special so I didn't dig too much into that because I'm pretty certain that's what it's from. And, and I know we're going to talk about that more in depth later. The song has some funky electric guitar riffs that uh, it kind of alternates with lighter breaks where there's falsetto and violin. And it keeps switching back and forth between the hard sound and the light sound. And I like that. I think it works. So I probably enjoy this song musically more than I do lyrically because it's it's not really a great story song or anything like that like it I know the words I sing along with it I have a good time with it but if I had to choose lyrics or music on this one I definitely tend toward the music but the way it goes back and forth like that is interesting because 
in that way, the song is kind of a juxtaposition in the same way the woman is that he's talking about. Like she keeps going back and forth and so does the song. But he, at the end of the day, just seems to kind of shrug and say, you know, but I'm still intrigued by her anyway. It's just the way of the girl, yeah. you know? So I like that. It, it is lighthearted in that way. And like, he's, he's not going to question it too much. He's just going to go on and enjoy her for what she is. But uh, I'm interested to hear <laughs> what did you get out of this one, Deb? Yeah, so it is funky good music. I do like the music a lot. I just find it so light on lyrics and without much of a story at all. Yeah, there's not a lot of meat there to... No, there really isn't. I was almost afraid to write that. Like I was going to miss... Like I was missing something. So that's interesting. I don't think so. I think that's just... It was not a lot to say. I was like, maybe I'm just missing it. So, you know, I kind of be (laughs) careful to what you say because maybe, you know, you're going to come off wrong or whatever. And that's interesting that... Because that's how I felt. I was like, yeah, it's, it's there. Yeah, no, I don't... It's not my favorite song on the album at all. You know, I will never say I don't... Well. Will I never say? I don't think I'll ever say I don't like something that Garth has done. But this, it it ranks up, down there pretty low. I oh. just, it just is not, it just doesn't, it doesn't get me. There's nothing I kind of listen to it and go, oh, okay, oh, okay. Yeah. But what I will say about this song is even more than any of the others on this album, this song really makes me appreciate what Garth was able to do with the Chris Gaines concept. Because here's Garth Brooks, a monumental country artist who creates this character who has an entire backstory with fictitious albums and hit songs in different genres. And this allowed him to throw every single genre at the wall of this album just to see what would stick. And so that's what this song represents to me. The character of Chris Gaines, you know, he he was an artist who could do anything, which allowed Garth Brooks to try anything on this album. And so if you listen to this funky original song released by the world's most popular country artist, like that's crazy. No country artist had ever gone to these lengths before or has ever done it since. And that takes guts. Yeah. yeah. And although this isn't my favorite Chris Gaines song, I appreciate how different it is and that it allowed Garth to do that. Because whenever were you going to get a song like this, an original song like this from Garth, it was never going to happen. Yeah. So that's what I take away from this song is I appreciate it. I will say too... Because it's not like any of us were, I mean, again, I'm like, I love every song on the album, but nobody is like, oh, I don't like that song or it was really hard to sit through or whatever. It's just like, man, it didn't really grab me. Like it was fine. It was, you know, three minutes and 43 seconds of saying it's just the way of the girl. Correct. But I will tell you that if you love the album like I do and you listen to it all the time and you know it, you won't skip the song. Mm. You'll just know it. You'll just sing with it. You'll just like it, but you won't skip it. Hmm, That's a good point. And that's a great point because there's got to be out of all the songs out there, right? I mean, listen, we say that, you know, we love them. Like we won't say that we don't like something or whatever the case is. There's got to be another song that's there. It's on. You hear it in the background. You know the words because you've heard it over and over again. Because like Jess said, you never push skip. 
right? It's there. You might have to listen to it five, 10 times through a period of whatever it might not be, but it's going to come up. It's going to come up and you're shuffling. But it's going to earworm you. Right. And then you're not going to be able to turn it off. <laughs> exactly. You're, you're not going to skip it. And then and then maybe yeah. there is something that you find it, but maybe you got to be in a certain mood and then all of a sudden you're jamming to it and you get that fresh prince. Like, blah, blah, blah. But you know, there's like a lot of things right? at some point. So that's very interesting. Very interesting. Well, that's going to do it for song five. Jess, what do you have for us for song six? Well, I have song number six, and I'm super excited about it because I love all the songs, as we've talked about a million times, but I really love this song. Um, This is one of the ones that's my favorite on this album. I could not tell you how many times I've listened to it, but I definitely skip it back, listen to it on repeat, and it is number six, Unsigned Letter. Unsigned Letter was written by Gordon Kennedy and Wayne Kirkpatrick, who we've already talked about with their songwriting genius and how they've written all these other amazing songs that we love. This is a great story song, which I always, always, always love Garth's story songs. He picks amazing ones. He writes amazing ones when he co-writes on them. And this one is no exception. It's opening music feels like it's heading towards something right from the beginning. And I like that. Like, I'm not really sure what it is about it, but it it feels like an anticipation, like it's building towards something. Um, And then we go directly into she got an unsigned letter from a secret someone and fell into the mystery. And I'm hooked because then I want to know what's going to come next, where the story is going to (laughs) go. What? It's exactly what I wrote. Exactly what I wrote. (laughs) Well, good. You agreed with me. So that's amazing. I love that. Um, my favorite lyric from this, or one of my favorite lyrics, is it said everything when it just read come to me. Done. I'm like <laughs> done right there. This is like a little mini movie where I'm like sitting on the edge of my seat being like, okay, well, who's this from and what's happening? And and you know, are are they gonna go forward with this? And the song is about this quiet, safe woman, and will she risk this kind of big, scary unknown for something so intriguing and compelling? I love the the lyric for the lyric, but also for the way he sings it, where it starts with the long, drawn out, hey, and then it says, is she going to strike a match that will surely light the flame? Is she carrying a torch for love in vain? Is she going to break the locks, take a look inside the box, knowing that she could release Pandora's shame? So brilliant Dude, lyrically. So well written. Those lyrics, right? like, I was like, the box, the box, you know, and I was like, watch it, listening to it. And then that Pandora thing, and I'm like, no. And I went back and I pulled up the lyrics and I'm like, Pandora's box. Yeah, that Pandora's is box, right? genius. Oh, so good. Genius. And it just makes you want to know like what's happening. And it it really, I think, sets a visual too, because everyone knows the story of Pandora's box, but also just like physically taking a look inside of something, physically breaking a lock, looking into something, making that choice. I love this song so much. Mm-hmm. Um This to me is kind of a female bookend to drifting away from the point of view, like if he sent the letter, you know, if he, if he had chosen to reach out 
this was kind of her perspective to me in my mind, listening to the album all at once. But it's open ended. We don't we don't know what she does. And I kind of like that too. As frustrating as it is to me, the song always just leaves me intrigued. I love the music break at two minutes and thirty-eight seconds, and I definitely blast this one. Yeah. Bo loves, and Bo it loves this one song. too. Yeah. He's clapping. Yes, we love it. Um, I listen to this one as much as I can with the sunroof open, the windows down. This is my jam and I will play it as loud as I possibly can. I love the percussion all the way through this one, uh, but especially the last third of the song. I really, really love that sound. In the liner notes, Chris Gaines explains that he was injured severely and had his jaw wired shut for six weeks and he became friends with his nurse who was this really kind of plain person and they wrote letters back and forth because he couldn't talk. He would write her these little notes and she started writing him letters back. And he says, you know, he still wonders what his friend would be like if she ever let go. And that was the thing that led him to write the song, which I always thought was such an intriguing story too. And I would have loved to have seen the Chris Gaines movie (laughs) and know what happened with that. Um, But unfortunately we don't know. Yet. 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 (laughs) (laughs) CP, you wore off on me. Now I have hope or something. Even if it's only in my head saying, well, Garth might have played in that, even if it's somebody else now. I can just imagine it. All right, Deb, what do you think about this one? Do you love it as much as I do or partly as much as I do? Well, I will start this off by saying I think Unsigned Letter might be my favorite song on this whole album. (laughs) It is so, so good. And I have no idea why this was never released as a single. Crazy. Right? Crazy. It's such a good song. It is such a good song. And I don't see or hear Garth in this at all. If some dude named Chris Gaines had come out with this song and I had never known that Garth had anything to do with it, I would have still loved this song. Yeah. I love the music. I love the story within the lyrics. I love the vocals of this Chris dude. (laughs) It's all good. It's so good. And now when listening to this album and knowing how much thought Garth put into this project, I very much get the feeling that he looked at the different years that this Chris Gaines would have released albums and he crafted the songs around that. Yeah, around his life. Right? And that around Mm -hmm. his life. But also, remember, because it's a Greatest Hits album, all of these supposed albums were released at different times. So the songs are a compilation from many different albums, which means they are all different sounds. Like Pete mentioned earlier, the Boys to Men thing. Because these songs would have been written in different years, right? Of this Chris Gaines' life. They would have been all different years. So to me, this song is reminiscent of groups like the Gin Blossoms or the Wallflowers or Counting Crows, which means I'm guessing the album that Unsigned Letter came from would have been released in the early 90s. Yeah. When, in fact, Garth released the song in 1999. So he went back like a decade to think about what was the sound a decade ago. Yeah. And so when you think of it in that way, Garth really did plan for all of that in the sounds of these songs. 
Yeah, you can definitely do that with every song. You can, yeah, you can place the decade and the time period within the decade when it would have been released Without just by the sound of it, which is amazing. Yeah. And like I was saying before, that gives me an appreciation for this album that I wouldn't have had going into it necessarily. If there wasn't all that backstory, I would have just listened to the songs and been like, huh. But that makes it even so much more, I appreciate everything that he did. But even without all of that, I would have loved this song. Like this is just, it's a great song. So Pete, what do you think of Unsigned Letter? No pressure. <laughs> no, yeah, no pressure. No. I mean, listen, I have none because I, I snapped a picture and sent it in our, our little thing between the three of us. Like pretty Everything you guys said, I have written down right here. Like, it's crazy. But one thing, and it goes back to the different uh, time zones, I guess, of the music or whatever. Like, I don't know why, but when I first started listening to it, I heard U2. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. So I was like, ah, I hear like U2, like one, like 100% and 1000% in the song. I, I don't know why, but I just did. So that... Actually, at Deb pointing it out, like going back to those different things, because you're right, right? A greatest hits album happens over a long period of time. You don't just come out and have a greatest hits album. I mean, that's like how many different albums did Garth go through to put his you know, greatest hits out? So that's crazy. I also put, I love how the song starts to tell the story. The lyrics, she got an unassigned letter from her secret someone and she fell into the mystery words. Like I was drawn to the story and the song just with those beginning lines. And uh, I, was, I was like, whoa, what is this? But uh, I, yeah, I love the beat of the song. I love the tempo. I love the instruments. I just love the song. It was a fun one. I think going forward on this album, I don't, it's going to be hard to top my feelings uh, where I think that, you know, this song is going to end up for me on this album. Right now it's sitting top one and it's going to be hard to beat. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I can't believe they didn't release it as a single. Like it's crazy. It's mad. Like, and even now today, right? Take the song, play it in Garth's cover voice. Record it and put it out on a new cover, a Chris Gaines cover album or something like that. See, <laughs> see what this song does now. Like, see what it does now. Have a Garth Brooks cover Chris yeah, Gaines. Cover Chris Gaines, yeah. <laughs> That'd just be do amazing. It. Something, right? Figure out a That's way a, to like, really a weird it. Inception <laughs> album thing. That yeah. People absolutely. would just be like, what is really happening now? <laughs> have him be dressed as Garth Brooks. <laughs> yeah. Singing Chris Gaines and be like, well, this, this song bitch Gaines couldn't do it. I'll do it. Add in some fiddle and some steel yeah. guitar just to see what yeah. happens. Done. See what happens. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I love, love, love the song. That, that was a good one. Oh, I'm so glad we all agree on that one. Me too. It's so good. Yeah. Of what we've listened to so far, possibly the whole album, it's hard for me to pick from a couple. But of what we've done so far, that is my favorite. Same here. Yeah, without a doubt. Me too. All right, everyone. That's it for this episode where we've covered the fourth, fifth, and sixth songs on the album. Garth Brooks in the life of Chris Gaines or Chris Gaines greatest hits. And just a reminder, we would love to hear from you and what you guys all think about the whole, what if this Chris Gaines guy had released this album and Garth's name was never associated with it. So let us know. Have you checked out our website at garthology.com yet? If not, stop by today and check out our past episodes and bonus content. And remember to subscribe to our podcast on your podcast platform of choice. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, it's been quite a long time since our last review. So if you get the chance, please stop by, hit that five-star button, and write up some encouraging words so that others will listen too. Be sure and share us with everyone you know. That way you can help your friends in low places become Garthologists too. 
Speaking of friends in low places, if you guys are on social media, make sure to check us out. If you're on Facebook, we are at facebook.com backslash GarthologyCast. And if you are on Instagram and Twitter, we are at GarthologyCast there. We do appreciate the likes, the tweets, the retweets, the shares, the direct messages, anything and everything that's associated with our social medias, the comments. Like We really do have a good time uh, interacting with you all, responding, and uh, we do appreciate the support. So join us there on those uh, social media sites and let us know if there's anything else you guys would like to see on the show. Be sure to join us for our next episode. That will be season four, episode three where we will cover songs seven through nine from Garth Brooks in the life of Chris Gaines. Until then, this has been season four, episode two of Garthology. And I'm Deb. I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. And we'll see you guys next time. (laughs) Bye. 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 He wants to be a part of it. Yeah. Mom will play it for you later. Mama. And mama. I mean, mama. He thinks you're talking to him. Town so he's like, she's talking to me, so I'm going to talk to her. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, ba, 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 ba. Right. I know. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for song five, Way of the Grill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was awesome. <laughs>